It's Two Brain Radio. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf tactics to help you improve your fitness business and move you closer to wealth. And now, here's your host, the most interesting man in fitness, Chris Cooper. On December 4th, 2016, I held a webinar called The Path to Profit. The point of hosting this webinar was that CrossFit gyms and micro gyms in general and personal trainers are doing amazing at getting people fit and healthy and happy and living better lives. Where they're struggling is pursuing excellence in business, making sure that the business pays them. A lot of the times they're martyring themselves to provide better lives for their clients. While that's admirable in the short term, long term, it's not. Because if your gym isn't sustainable and profitable, if you're not sleeping at night, if you're not eating well, finding time to train and be with your kids, your gym is not going to stick around for 30 years. You're not going to make the meaningful life change in your clients that you want to make. So we want you to be pursuing excellence in coaching to help your clients get fitter and healthier. And we want you to be pursuing excellence in business to make sure that you're getting fitter, healthier, happier. We're not about buying bigger yachts here. We're about creating success so that you can stick around for the long term, help more people, and take them further. This is the recording from that webinar. Enjoy. Thanks a lot for sharing your Sunday morning with me, uh, giving up 30, 45 minutes here. What we do a lot of different discussions with affiliate owners, doing almost a thousand free calls now and uh, spending, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week with gym owners on the phone every week is that while you're doing an amazing job of delivering uh, your service, helping people get healthy, live better lives, more fulfilling lives, where we're really struggling is getting you should get out of the business too. Now, very generous of you to be saving all these people, but it's important that your business remains sustainable so that obviously, of course, um, the business can keep going on and you can get what you want to. So in one second, we're going to be starting the path to profit here. I'll start with a story of myself, but I just want to point out a couple of things. First, uh, you should be able to see like a uh, chat window at the bottom there. You can post questions, do a Q&A right at the end. And if you want to post questions now or have discussion, other people can jump in, maybe answer some questions for you. But then I'll be reading uh, at the end of the at the end of the uh, presentation. We'll do our Q&A. And I'm just going to hit record here because other people are going to be watching this later. If you can't find the chat button, if you can't see a screen right now that says path to profit, then uh, we've got something wrong with your settings and you can shoot me a message and we'll try to fix it live as we go. But if you don't get it and you just want to worry about it, we're going to be blasting through a lot of stuff here. And this is really why I'm recording it because there is some math involved. So hopefully you've got a pen and a paper nearby or something that you can type into because I'm going to be asking you a bunch of questions and asking you to actually do some work as we go. So first, a little bit about me. My gyms and Ignite Gym are both located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, a industrial, mostly steel and paper town in Northern Ontario. There were about 75,000 people here when I opened my gym 10 years ago. Now there's about 63,000. The biggest employers are Blue Collar Jobs, uh, Algoma Steel, now SR Steel, St. Mary's Paper, and Tenaris Tubes. Most of the people here earn about sixty to 70000 That would be the mean. Uh, and that's different from what my target market is, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, at least they did until about the last five years. And so if you can see this slide here, number one is uh, the steel plant. Number two is the paper mill. Number three is the tube mill. 
here's the way these look today. Uh, number one is in receivership. Number two is gone, literally closed. You can't even see it anymore. And number three, laid off uh, a big piece of their workforce for Christmas. They've downsized from 1,700 to about 300 employees, cost a little bit. So about seven or eight years ago, I had what I refer to as my park bench moment, where I was asking myself, what will it take to make a career at this? You know, and at the time I wasn't even 30 yet. Well, I guess I was just over 30. And I was saying like, what does a 50 year old personal trainer look like? Do they even exist? I wasn't making enough uh, to put away anything for my kid's college fund. I was making about thousand a year, which in Canada is, it's just not enough to support a family on. Uh, my wife was at home. She was expecting our second. We had a, like a one and a half year old daughter. And I was really saying, is this business going to be able to do it for me? At that point, I'd already been coaching for about 10 years. My business was three or four years old. And I was saying, can I make a difference? What I realized though, and I'm not normally a humble person, but at that point, the humility level was high. I said, am I going to be able to figure this out by myself? Can I afford to spend two to three years trying to figure this out self? At the same time, you know, call it serendipity. I was um, used to a local business mentor. This guy was part of some of the stories that you hear in Good to Great. It was really just like a bolt of lightning that this guy appeared in town to try and save the steel mill. And he accepted me into a mentorship program. I couldn't afford it. I had to put the first $500 payment on a credit card that was already maxed out. And I said, I'll get by recording everything he teaches me on a blog that I call don'tbuyads.com. And I still keep this blog alive today. There were about 350 posts on there. I stopped writing there in 2012, but uh, I keep it going. I pay to keep this site live every month because there's still some stuff on there that will help affiliates. We solved certain problems back in 2010. You know, yes, you should use booking and billing software, but some of these problems remain. It's important that there's a record of how to solve these four affiliates. So a lot of this stuff appeared in my book, Two Brain Business, but a lot of it is still back there. And there's some great stories. Don't buy ads. When I shot it, turned into my first book, Two Brain Business, which is now the best-selling fitness business book of all time. Uh, and it spawned two follow-ups. The first is how I run the business, Two Brain Business 2.0. Second is how I market. And I'm doing the air quotes here. And that's called Help First. Today, though, we're here to talk about the path to profit, the path to excellence, and not feeling like a corporation. If you're a South Park fan, like me, uh, you're going to be familiar with the underpants gnomes. The underpants gnomes have a business plan, and their plan is they're going to steal underpants from kids in their dressers, you know, in their dryers, and then they're going to profit from it. Really good at stealing underpants. This is their business model. Phase one, they collect underpants. Phase three, they profit. And the whole underpants gnomes episode on South Park is dedicated toward asking the question, what's phase two? Now, this seems funny, but this is where a lot of gym owners are, and it's certainly where I was. I was really, really good at coaching, really good at getting people fit, helping them lose it, weight, you know, whatever, uh, getting them stronger. I was a power lift. I knew how to get lift up and help with bad backs and all kinds of stuff. I wasn't good at getting to profit. And unfortunately, what I believed was that the path to profit was to get better and better and better at coaching. Pursuit of excellence makes me a better coach. You know, pursuing excellence at uh, fitness makes me good at coaching fitness. Pursuing excellence in business makes me really good at business. Um, the, the profit that I get from coaching fitness is fitter, healthier, happier clients. The profit that I get from being excellent at business is profit. That's how you measure success. 
You measure success in fitness again, and I'm, I know I'm saying this three times, by the outcome of your clients. You measure excellence in business by the outcome of the business, okay? A bad thing. I think if I'd said this two years ago, it would have been strung up, but now it's okay. People are accepting this. It's great. And we're also starting to see the difference between the fitness model of CrossFit and the business model is not because I need you to buy a bigger yacht or have a bigger house than I am. Maybe, yeah, a cool truck would be awesome. But the reason that I want you to be excellent is because I need this movement, CrossFit, the micro gym industry to carry on. This is how we're going to make a difference in the lives of people in our communities. This is how we're going to save the country from going under is entrepreneurialism and better health care, saving people before they need diabetes. And the way that we do that is pursuit of excellence in business, making you sustainable, happy, and healthy. The contribution to that is just to help you get to an excellent business. So luckily, we don't have to feel like profit-mongering, you know, big corporations. Let's talk about the path to profit here for a moment. The, the base of a path to profit in your business is consistency. How are things done? without thought how are things done automatically with your touch without your input all the time so at catalyst we haven't offered a discount for anybody in probably seven years when somebody comes through the door and they ask how do i get a discount the answer is we don't give discounts it's automatic it's that consistent base that lets us build a culture because my clients can trust us that we're not cutting a deal with the next guy that has them paying less than my good clients are paying we can start working on culture. We form that foundation of trust because my clients can trust that if something happens with their money, we double bill them for some reason this month, that's going to be okay because in the past we've shown we've made it okay. And so we can build a culture on top of that. It's important to note though, that there are a lot of gyms out there with a fantastic culture that don't have that base of business consistency. And so the culture keeps slipping through the cracks or one little thing comes in and challenges that culture and damages relationships and people leave and the culture goes away. You have to have consistency and that means habits. It means processes. I'm not gonna beat you over the head with this. You know it by now. On top of that culture, you have to have a solid base of service. You have to believe, and I'm sure all of you do, that we're here to help people, not to sell people. That can mean, again, on a base of consistency and culture that we help people exactly the same way that there are limits on what we'll do. I, I won't come into the gym at 7 a.m. to on Sunday morning to let a client cry on me, but the gym opens at 10. And if you just come in and you want to cry, there'll be a coach here for that. And then on top of that is joy. How does joy manifest in business? Profitability, value for your time, getting you what you want in your life. And we're, we're going to get to in a moment here. So get your pens ready. Luckily, the path to profit and the path to personal joy look a lot alike. The base of your pyramid for joy is solid habits, the things you do automatically without thinking about them. When you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, maybe you make your bed, and you go to work. You don't have to you know, stress over these decisions because you just automatically do them. And I'm sure you're teaching your clients some of our habits we layer in personality. And personality is just how we choose to respond to unforeseen or new things. So habits are how we do things automatically without thinking. Personality is how we deal with new stress that we haven't seen before. And you can train yourself to do that. I'm always working on this, and this is where the stoicism comes in. On top of that is service to others. You can have a fantastic personality, you can have solid habits, but if you're not dedicating your life to service, 
it's almost impossible to get to a joyful state or self-actualization. If you want to help somebody who's suffering in life, they're going through a tough time, help them help other people. You know, the, the 12th step in the AA program, which I just learned uh, from the podcast with Josh Trahan a couple weeks ago, is service. If you're struggling with addiction, go to the meeting early and set up the chairs. That is incredible to me. So how much profit, if our point here is to make you a happy life and get you to joy? Well, that is kind of different. So I want to just set the frame here. There is a sociological measurement called the happiness benchmark. And this is basically, here's the minimum you need to make in certain places in North America to cover your basic needs, okay? To be able to afford the solid habits, to be able to uh, have a happy personality and provide some service to other people. So this differs depending on where you live, but it's called the happiness benchmark. And you can see on the screen here that it's different, you know, more on the coast. So this range is anywhere between 65,000 and 90,000, depending on where you live. What does this buy you? Probably a place to live, probably a means of transportation. You might be able to support one other person or a small family, and you should be able to uh, have enough time to serve somebody else. And if you can do all those things in our culture, you're happy. Other cultures, when I visited Kenya, these people do not need $90,000 a year to reach the happiness benchmark. But we're focused on uh, Western Europe mostly and North America. So look at where you fall on that map before I ask you how much you want to make this year. One more little indicator that I find interesting is that even in the same country, the cost of living is, is much different. I have a sister in Vancouver. She needs about $120,000 a year to do what I do on $85,000 in Sault Ste. Marie. I told you earlier that the mean average in Sault Ste. Marie was about 65 to 70 for a family. I'm going to talk about what I make later when I start talking about, okay, so now it's pen and paper time. It's time for you to do some work here. We're going to start thinking about 2017. Here's some goal setting exercise. The first is what do you want to make in 2017? And my brother Sherman just posted 150K. To a lot of gym owners out here, that might sound high. But frankly, that's not an arbitrary number. Sherman and I do talk about this all the time, and he is close. This is definitely possible in a gym with far fewer than 200 clients, as long as you're focusing on ARM. We're not going to go there yet. What do you want to make in 2017? I want you to write that down. You don't have to share it with me. You can share it with your wife. You can just pin it up on your wall later. It's okay to choose kind of an arbitrary number now without qualification. You can choose a round number because we're going to be modifying this over the next few number down. Many of you, for example, will choose 100,000. In the example that we're going to let from a two-brain client, he chose 120. Now, we're going to take that goal and we're either going to modify it to accommodate what you want to achieve and how you want to live in 2017, or we're going to modify your needs, all right? So obviously, if you make 40 firsts, you can afford a car and a better place to live. And you can have more people with more time off help more people. So what I want to get across here, we don't modify our goals to accommodate everything that we want to do. You're going to have to accommodate everything you want to do, modify those. I want you also to have emotional reasons to hit this goal. So the way that we measure progress in two brain mentoring clients is not how much they make. It's how much education are they getting? Where are they traveling? How much time are they getting off? Where are they going with their family, their lifestyle? Can they do certain things? You know, a great friend of mine told me that he didn't care what he made, 
But what he really wanted from his business was for his wife to be able to walk into any store she wanted and buy anything without looking at the price tag. You know, he really inspired me to do something this year that I'd love to share with you guys. And uh, we had this, and, you know, we shuttle kids to hockey and guitar practice and stuff nonstop. My wife drives all the time and uh, I wanted to buy her a new car this year. And so my goal was that she could walk into a car dealership. She could pick out whatever car she wanted and pay for it on her debit card. And she, we did that. And it felt amazing to me. You know, she loves this vehicle. I like it. Uh, it's great for napping in while she's driving me around too. Or it's great on the rare occasion that I get to do it. But the point was that I could pay for it without debt on my debit card. That felt great. So now I want you to write down your educational goals. What are you going to learn in 2017? Okay. That might be fitness related. Okay. Maybe you're going to take your L2. It might be knitting. Okay. It might be guitar. It might be business. It might be accounting. You know, it might be marketing. Whatever that is, I want you to write down. I'm going to give you 20 seconds to do this. The second goal I want you to think about is where will you travel? Where will you go in 2017? Uh, will you go to Disneyland? You know, will you go overseas? I want you to go somewhere because the ability to take time away from work is one of the ways that we measure how successful your business is. One of the goals I give people in our program a lot at the end of the incubator is to take five days without contacting their gym at all because we need to make sure that the boat will float without them so that when they get back, they can be working on the higher level. Okay. I want you to have a travel goal. Third is a lifestyle goal. What needs to be upgraded in your life this year? Is it your house? Do you need to put a new roof on? Is it a new car like we did last year? Uh, do you want to get a pool for your kids? You know, what are your lifestyle? A good friend of mine, uh, you know, we coach his kid in hockey. He's one of my little misfits. Uh, he's only in town about one weekend a month and he goes way up north, like to the bottom of the Arctic Circle and he works in a pit mine. Okay, that's a happy job. But when he comes home, you know what he says to me? It's going to be a great Christmas this year. His goal is a lifestyle goal for his kids. He's going to spoil the crap out of these kids this year. I love it. The last goal I want you to write down is your service goal. How will you help other people? Who will you help this year? What is a cause that really resonates with you? You know, for me, that is always kids. I, I always want to spend more time coaching kids, helping kids, giving kids. And so I, I mentioned my misfits a few minutes ago. While you're thinking about your service or cause goals, I'm going to tell you about my story. So this year, you know, hockey is political. It's just like Little League in the States. Uh, this year, we added a couple of teams to our local hockey league. And these are rep teams. So that means that the top players get to travel. Awesome for them. Great experience. But it also means the recreational players eh, might not even get a team because there might not be enough kids. We're pretty rural. So at the last minute, we managed to scrape up 11 kids. Okay, that's the minimum you need for a hockey team. We didn't have a goalie. We had to grab uh, one little girl who had never skated before and put her on this team with kids who were playing like four or five years already. The league didn't have money to buy these guys. You know, every team should have two jerseys. They couldn't buy them the jersey. They couldn't get the ice time. And so I'm fortunate enough to be able to spend easily 2,500 bucks on these kids, get them new jerseys. No problem. They need more ice time. Yes, I'll pay for it. So I became the unofficial sponsor of this team. And uh, I got my good friend Keith uh, on board to coach these guys. He's kind of this grizzly old hockey expert uh, who just loves the kids. 
And uh, I showed up and he said, well, you're coaching, go get your skates. So now three times a week, I'm on the ice with these kids and we just have a riot. We want, we lost every single league game we played so far this year, but these kids look friggin' awesome. You know, they've got the full outfits, new jerseys. They got their, you know, snapback hats. I, I'm going to rave about these kids if I don't move on. So you set up your service goals. Now we have to say, do we have to modify our profit goal because of these emotional goals? It's important that you focus on an emotional connection to these goals instead of just saying, I want a profit because I need to make more money. I want you to picture what will I learn? Where will I go? What will I upgrade? And who will I serve next year? so that you've got a reason to achieve these goals beyond just a number. From there, you got to measure your profit margin. Now, if you're not doing this, if you're not a two grand client, you need to start. The easiest way is just to take your gross revenue from the gym. Let's say you made $30,000 gross last month. Subtract out your fixed costs. We try to keep those at 22% or less. Subtract out your payroll and everything that's left, including your pay, is your profit margin, okay? We aim for a 33% profit margin in the service industry. That's pretty good. Um, it's not amazing. In the gym industry, 33% is low because they're selling all the PIFs and you guys know all about that. Measure your profit margin. Then what you're going to do is project the gross revenue that you need to create your net. So if your net profit goal is to make $100,000 next year and your profit margin is 33%, then obviously you need to gross $300,000 in your gym, right? Hopefully everybody can follow that math. If not, look at the recording for this later and work through it. All right. From there, you need to know what your profit model, what your revenue model is going to look like. So if we need to make $300,000 next year and you've just done some quick arithmetic in your brain and you said, uh-oh, I need 526 clients to get there, that's okay. We teach the stratified model, which is diverse revenue streams, anti-fragility. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that coming up. So first, here's the math, just so you have a picture of it, okay? So if we start off with a, a profit goal of 120,000 and a um, profit margin of 0 0.3, our gross revenue goal is about 390, okay? So 30% profit margin. You can check my math there if you want. That was just some back of the napkin tabulation that I did. This client, who I absolutely love, his goal is to get his uh, USAW search, his CSCS, take his kids skiing, which will cost about $2,000, get his wife out of her job, which means they've got to buy health insurance for her. That's amazing. I love him for saying that. And they want to donate some time uh, to helping with crisis pregnancies in their community. His wife is, in, is a uh, ER nurse who helps with crisis pregnancy at the hospital right now. She'd love to stay at home with all their kids. I'd love for him to be successful at this. And uh, then she's going to give back by helping with crisis pregnancy for free. Can you imagine a better reason to be profitable than this? I mean, when I talk about profit, I'm not talking about, you know, hiring uh, a driver to ferry you around in your Lamborghini. I'm talking about letting your wife stay home if she wants to so that she can volunteer to help people with crisis pregnancies. Next, when we say build up a... Uh, diverse revenue model, we want to look at who our clients are and how can we help them. So in any gym, our clientele is going to fall along a bell curve. So um, we're always going to have, you know, 10 to 20% of our clients who want to pay less or want to get less service than what they're currently getting. That's okay. They're probably not our ideal client. We're probably going to lose them or uh, move them on anyway. Um, then you're going to have about, you know, 
30 men who are content. They think that what they're getting worth what they're paying for it. Awesome. Then you're going to have about, you know, 30% who believe they're getting a great value, that they're actually paying less than what they're getting in return. I love these people. These are my sweet spot. And then you're going to have 10 to 15% who actually want more and want to pay for more and will go looking for more somewhere else if they're not getting it from you. Okay. The bell curve of heads. The way that we build your revenue streams to serve all these people and give them what they want is we look at uh, different models to make you a more robust business too. So there are a lot of people in my city who uh, want to get fit. They want to get fit through exercise. The exercise that they choose is CrossFit instead of one of the many other options. Um, they just don't want to do it in a group, so they choose personal training. There are people who believe they can't get fit. There are people who are too shy to go into a group, so these people all choose PT. Uh, there are people who have to overcome some other small barrier, so they choose PT. You know, there are people who um, don't want to do CrossFit because of the complexity, so maybe they're going to go into a specialty group for powerlifting. That's all they care about. Uh, there are teams who want to provide testing, you know, so I can I can set up a profit margin around or a revenue stream around that. The point is that twice a year, when group revenues dip, like everybody travels in August in Ontario. And in a lot of gyms, I know that people take time off at Christmas. You can still have a solid revenue base because other areas will pick up the slack. Right now, working backward from goals with a lot of our mentoring clients, we've targeted selling so many personal training packages before Christmas to boost up their revenue stream. And they're killing it. It's awesome. They're not losing money or sleep at Christmas time. They're not undergoing stress and people are getting what they want. So a little bit of review on where money comes from. It's not the number of clients that's important. It's your total revenue and your net profit that are important. So if we're only counting the number of clients you have, we're not measuring success. Clients times your average revenue member is what gives us your total revenue. A lot of times I'll get on the phone with people who have 300 clients but don't have enough total revenue to be profitable because they're undercharging those clients. They're not making enough average revenue per member. You don't have to necessarily have a really high group CrossFit rate if you're following that model for what they want. That's going to create not only diverse revenue streams, but bring your average revenue per member up. Those people, remember, in the bell curve who want more and are willing to pay for more, pull the whole average up. All right. Next is Dunbar's number. Sociologically, you can, you can maintain about 150 relationships. That's it. After 150 Maybe if you're really gifted about 170, you start to forget important details of people, okay? This is another reason why you have to have a high average revenue per member to be profitable because the, the reality of getting to 300 members is very small. If you can maintain 150 solid relationships, then that's the number that we're going to target in most boxes. 300 members is a completely different ballgame. You're going to have to be prepared even with 90% retention, to lose 30 people a month and have to regain 30 people a month. That's crazy to me. I'd rather focus on 150 whose lives I can really change and uh, change them, you know, be profitable with them. Our next step here is to break down monthly revenue targets. So after we've figured out what profit you need to make, that's necessary to create that profit and how we're going to get to that gross, it's really important here that we break this down monthly so that it seems more manageable. So in this example that I gave earlier of $120,000 net profit, you know, it's three ninety-five dollars gross. We break that down by 12. The monthly revenue goal, this is gross, is thirty-two nine. 
that seems a lot more achievable than that giant $300,000 mark, right? So um, then we're going to say, where did this person's revenue come from? Uh, this guy is a year into the business. He is so close to hitting $120,000 net and $390,000 gross. So proud of this guy. I, I'm going to stop reading about him. But right now, 50% of his revenue comes from CrossFit groups. 45% comes from personal training. Before he opened, it never occurred to him to even offer personal training. Um, but he came to visit my gym. Before he signed up for our program, he drove 12 hours through the night to get to Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, so he could stand in the corner for two days and watch what went on. Amazing. I love this guy. So 45% uh, of his revenue comes from PT, 5% comes from specialty. He's an outlier. That's part of the reason I chose him as the example here. But what if 10% of your revenue came from personal training? You know, that could make a difference of $30,000 in gross to you next year easily. Specialty programs. Uh, so this guy's not offering a nutrition program yet, but he coaches a lot of sports teams. Yeah, Joey, 45%, and you know this guy. Wait till you meet him. He's in our group. His name's Ryan. Okay? Point is that he's got a diverse revenue stream just by giving people what they want. Okay? Now we're going to divide our revenue goals by our average price to determine the number of clients that we need in each, in each revenue stream. So, for example... I won't tell you what this guy is charging for personal training, and I won't tell you uh, what he's charging for a CrossFit group, but you can work it out backward from the math. So if 50% of his, his revenue is going to come from CrossFit, and that's $16,458.33 per month, he needs 113 clients, okay? That's it, 113. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot if you're thinking your frame of reference is 300 clients, but if you think about how much change he's making in these people's lives. That's 113 people who come to his gym at least every second day or so. They do exactly what he tells them. They're changing their lives. They're probably going to live another five years because of him. You know, they're not on um, diabetes medication. That's profound. That's actually a lot of people. Personal training, if we break down the packages that he sells, he needs to sell 18.75 or 20 packages per month. That's it. 20 packages of personal training a month. Now, if you're selling zero and that's your frame of reference, it seems like a lot. But my frame of reference is 3,000 personal training sessions a year. That's how many we do at Capitalist, okay? And it's all because we ask people, what do you want? I'm going to give you a teaser on the prescription here pretty soon. The next thing that you want to do is focus on which goal is uh, are you closest to achieving already, okay? I really believe in Lowenstein's gap theory and bright spots and changing the behavior of a gym owner by focusing on the easiest goals to achieve. So if you break this down and you say, okay, well, personal training is going to be 10% uh, revenue in 2017. And to make it 10%, it needs to be worth $2,000. And the most popular package I sell is five sessions for, you know, 200 bucks, sell 10 sessions a month. Okay. That's going to be your first goal. Sell 10 personal packages between now and Christmas. I said sessions a second ago. I actually meant packages. So if we have a package for $199. It's five 30-minute sessions. That's not our most popular package. Our most popular package is 10 30-minute sessions for $395. Okay? There's no discount there. I mean, $5 discount. But what's attractive to it about, about it to people is that it's pre-planned. I had to make... 4,000 bucks a month more on personal training in 2017, I would say, all right, I need to sell 10 packages per month. All right. Next, specialty groups. 
because there's a lot of variability there. Uh, Ryan and I didn't actually break down what he needs to make uh, per person, specialty groups, but we know here's his monthly target is 1645. If you train sports teams, that is not a lot. I've got three deals right now with three sports teams that uh, total $84,000 between now and May. Okay, it's hard to make 1645 a month on sports teams. Your next job when you're developing these programs is get you to higher value goals. So if you're spending 70 hours a week working at the gym and you're coaching every class, you're doing personal training, you're mopping the floor, you're processing image, you're not gonna have time to do this stuff, okay? You will not ultimately have a profitable, successful gym just because work will always expand to fill the time that you give it, okay? Think about that for a minute. If you've got 30 free minutes right now and you open up Facebook, some of you are probably looking at Facebook while you listen to this, you're gonna fill 30 minutes with Facebook. That's what Facebook is designed to do. If you have one hour right now to work out, you're gonna fill that hours, okay? You will not be able to insert new things into your current schedule. What you have to do is get rid of some of those lower value things by buying your time back, moving out of those low value roles, paying somebody else to do them. We teach this extensively in the incubator phase, and a lot of the guys commenting right now are rolling their eyes <laughs> between high-fiving each other because they've done this work, they don't have to do it again. So by moving out of the low value roles and into higher value roles, it's allowed me to focus on building my company. Here's quickly how you do it. You break down all the gym, you know, cleaner, CrossFit coach, personal trainer, nutritionist, booking and billing, client communication, marketing, joy girl. You can download this strategy from that link. Then you measure the value of your time in each role. Okay, so for me, cleaner was the lowest value use of my time. It was worth about 12 bucks an hour. You hire somebody to replace you in that role, knowing that you're going to invest that time into a higher value role. So for example, I could hire a cleaner for 12 bucks an hour. And while he's cleaning, I can spend that hour doing marketing and make more money than the cost of the cleaner. I hope that's clear. You test by doing it over a three month period. And then you work on building cash flow assets, which is other businesses that run themselves, or you buy your building, or you empower your staff to start programs that don't require your oversight, okay? Or maybe you set up like a nutrition accountability program or things that basically run themselves. Now, how do you start these things? And you, you make time, you get these things started, and then you write down the process limitation so they start to run themselves. So here are some of mine. Catalyst was my first gym. That's where I'm sitting now. The gym's closed. I still maintain an office here, but I come in three hours a week to coach. Three hours a week. That's it. Uh, and that's just because I choose to. I don't have to do those hours, but I like to come in Tuesday morning, see my friends in the morning group, and I like to come in Saturday morning and see the giant group. I come to a new group and work out because I have higher value roles for me than coaching. Okay. If you're in this because you love coaching, then that's a great high value role for you. Okay. But, but my passion now is in clients more with these other businesses. So to bring in business, obviously is where I spend a ton of my time. I'm most passionate about helping you guys get to where you want to get to bring coaching is a business uh, that I have to help you develop your coaches better through the up coach program. Spark rehab completely runs itself. I spend less than two hours a month running spark com completely runs itself. I spend less than six hours a month running Ignite. How did I do it? I started building the program. I left tracks knowing that I would not be the one to implement this service all the time. This is our second gym, uh, which was developed just for Ignite. 
now we have so much sports team training that uh, I just can't run Ignite there anymore. So I had to Ignite back to my original building, carve out some private space for that, and that program continues to run itself. This gym, though, where we do athletic strength and conditioning, has uh, man a whole bunch of sports teams, hockey, basketball. There are 40 kids who travel to freezing cold Susami and live for eight months to train there from LA. We have a partnership with a prep school in LA. These kids are a couple of years out of the NBA draft and they're freezing their butts off in Northern Ontario right now. That runs itself. I was there yesterday for the first time in over a month. All right. I want to give you a sneak peek of the prescriptive model here. So this is how you ask people what they want and then provide that service optimally and keep them around by updating that prescription. Okay, sneak peek. So I might not even leave this on. This is what we teach clients in TwoBrain. Uh, increasingly more, we're gonna be doing it a lot more in uh, 2017. I just recorded some of the first video content for it now. We've mostly been talking about it one-on-one. -on -one. You're competing now, not with other CrossFit gyms. You're mostly competing with people who are really great at commoditizing intensity, okay? I saw that from Kenny Kane, who owns CrossFit LA. Orange Theory is a great example of this. They have taken what you're selling and made it a lot prettier, a lot cleaner. Uh, it's really easy for the guys to picture it. They know they walk in, the class starts precisely on time. They see one little metric of their heart rate right in front of them. It's an attractive brand, okay? They've commoditized intensity. You and I are better coaches than this but we don't always do a great job of telling people that. So if we establish you to be an authority, like a doctor, we can tell people, here's what I want you to be their coach, not just their exercise class leader. In fact, you could have a client who goes to Orange Theory for their exercise and comes to you for nutrition or comes to you for personal training. They don't even have to be in your gym, it's truly an authority. Think about how often in your lifespan you change dentists or you change doctors, okay? I'll use the doctor example. I've changed doctors once in my life. I'm 41 years old. My previous doctor retired, okay? And I just automatically went to his replacement. But when I have a health question, I take it to him. Hey, doc, I'm thinking about trying CrossFit. Should I? I take it to him. He's not selling CrossFit. He's still profiting from that question, if I want advice on a supplement, hey, doc, should I take this? Ah, oh, geez, I don't know, Chris. Okay, he's getting paid a question. So my question that I asked on Food for Thought Friday a few weeks ago was, when you train a client, do they have to be in your gym? Increasingly, technology is helping you train people outside your gym, okay? I got a great friend named Jason Brown, boxprogramming.com. He does the programming for my box. It's worth a thousand times what I pay for it. And I go to him for advice but he's not in my gym. He hasn't met more than one of my members. You know, He is an authority and I pay him for that authority. You can be this in your local market. Here's how. The prescriptive model involves uh, a goal review at intake, like our no sweat intro, objective measurement of what your client wants to achieve. Okay, so when a client comes in and says, I wanna lose weight, functional movement screen isn't really relevant to that. You know, it, It's not going to encourage them to lose weight it's probably going to discourage them by showing them that they're bad at this CrossFit thing. Then we make a prescription and then we recommend, uh, you know, I recommend that you exercise three times a week. From that exercise prescription, say, feel more comfortable doing uh, private training or CrossFit. 
If they say my budget can't fit it, you can say, all right, then I recommend that you go to Fit for Less down the road. Um, you get a $20 a month membership and you do your homework there and we'll do our personal training at this gym. You're still their coach. Nutrition, um, you know, does the client lack knowledge or do they just lack accountability? We can make a prescription around that too. Uh, then from there, you know, we, we segue into the marketing. We teach telling client stories and affinity marketing to profit. The retirement point, remember that park bench moment of how the heck do you retire from this is the point where you get to choose, do I go to work today? Okay. The point where your income doesn't depend on you showing up anymore. And the point where the, this is a cash flow asset, it runs itself. You can't retire until those things happen, but here's the bright spot. Okay. Here's the, here's the silver lining. Those things can happen by the end of 2017. So if, if we can do those things now, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't you want to reach your perfect day, reach that retirement point where you have choice of your focal points? Why wouldn't you want to do that by the end of the year? Okay. What's required? Well, that your personality is, so if we go back to that triangular model of good business, we have to say that you're consistent first, that your clients get the exact same experience no matter who they're coaching. Then you get to choose what you focus on that day. So, you know, I love coaching. Maybe I just want to go in and coach five classes that day. Or maybe not. Maybe I want to spend five hours on the phone with other affiliates helping them today. Okay? Or maybe I just want to go chalky. Having the choice is what makes retirement. The last thing that a lot of affiliate owners have to get over is the mindsets. They believe that they're serving an average clientele. So they look at average demographic income in their city. Now, if I took the average demographic income in Sault Ste. Marie, I'd be pretty discouraged. But luckily for me, the mean average income is irrelevant. What is relevant? The clients who want my service enough that they can pay for it. Can every client pay my average revenue per member? No. Some of them can only pay for unlimited CrossFit, okay? That's fine. Some of my clients, increasingly now, they can pay for nutrition or exercise. So we have to start them with one and then demonstrate our value before we move them on to the next. That's fine. But what you should be focusing on, especially if you're not at your desired profit margin yet, is serving the clientele who can afford to pay you and get you there, okay? You can't focus on everybody or you're focusing on nobody. So focus on the top 10%. So in Sault Ste. Marie, yeah, a lot of the steel workers are, you know, they're struggling. I'm trying to help them by making conditions, but I'm not donating business to them. I'm not donating livelihood because if I go under, I can't help them. So I'm focusing on the 10% of the top earners. So uh, the dentists are still here. You know, the highly paid bureaucrats, they're still here. The uh, teachers in Ontario, you know, some teachers and school board administrators make $100,000 a year. I'm going to focus on them. I'm going to build my business with them. I'm going to become profitable. I'm going to serve them the best I can. And then uh, I'll, I will turn some of my profits into helping other people and a lot of my time. But I won't dedicate my business and my price structure and sacrifice my profitability and become a martyr trying to help people that I can't help uh, with the tools that I have. I won't most gym owners succeed. The reason that we have to go through this is not because you lack the knowledge, right? This is really like, the arithmetic that you learn in the first grade, a lot of this stuff. You decide what you want to make. You work backward from there. You do a little bit of long division, but you've got your calculator on your phone now. You also know how to market. You know how to shoot video. You know doing content. 
you could do Facebook, whatever. You know that you need to be working on higher goals. So why aren't gyms more successful? Because they don't have anybody saying, did you do that yet? There's nobody saying, do this one thing and call me on Monday or I'll call you on Monday. There's nobody saying, I'll be looking for the changes that you made short. They don't have a mentor. They don't have anybody looking over their shoulder, helping them out. This is our service. We want to take all the broad conceptual ideas that you have for your gym, you know, the culture, the help first philosophy, no sales, getting people moving better, saving their life. And we want to solidify those into systems that run themselves so that you can focus on growing that business, helping other people, working on a, a more sustainable revenue stream for you. All right. The way that we take people in is through a free consultation. We tell people that we're willing to help for 30 minutes for free on the phone, and we are willing to help. But this also serves as a filter. We definitely don't take everyone. However, you guys have already been through the filter, probably without even knowing it, uh, by filling out some of our survey material, like our gym checkup, uh, and by getting on this webinar and actually caring enough. You've passed through that filter. We'll give you a shot. So next 48 hours, you can benefit from our accelerated entry program. You can skip through that free call uh, with Danny and I, just get going. In fact, uh, you can be through four modules by the time your gym opens tomorrow morning. What I promise you is a clear path that you'll know always what action you should be taking today to build your business. Instead of these broad ideas, you know, which everybody has, You'll know today I have to write down my roles and tasks and Chris will be checking uh, tomorrow when I get on a call with him. You have 48 hours to sign up for this. If you prefer to wait, our waiting list for that free call is about uh, four weeks long right now, but we'd love to with you if you'd rather that instead. Okay, so um, we're going to get to the Q&A here. You can ask any questions. Uh, you can just type them in the chat box. Or if you uh, put your hand up, I'll, I'll even give you voice so that you can speak out loud. I just wanted to make this uh, offer clear because we're only going to accept 10 people into this. This is a trial. It makes me a little bit nervous to allow people in without filtering them first. We have an amazing two-brand community, uh, but I'm willing to give it a shot because I think to save the CrossFit movement, to save the micro gym movement, to save your clients' lives, it's necessary to get more gyms uh, sustainable and profitable. Okay, Q&A. If you have questions, this is the time to do it. Go ahead and, and post in the chat. You actually see a lot of brain folks doing that right now. Or just put your hand up, and I will be happy to give you the mic so that you can ask questions. If nobody has any questions, I'm going to let you get right back to your Sunday. I'm not going to you know, eat up a lot of your time. You can also text me offline, chris at twobrainbusiness.com or danny, D-A-N-I, at twobrainbusiness.com if you want to talk to Danielle. You can book a free consultation on the site if you'd rather chat first, or if you go to twobrainbusiness.com forward slash mentoring, you can jump right into that accelerated entry program and have made progress on your gym by tonight. All right. So the most common question that I get is, what does it cost? The incubation stage is $24.99. You can split it into payments if you want. Again, of course, we don't give discounts. The average ROI that most clients are seeing in the first six months um, goal review is 26 times that. That means if you invested a thousand bucks into mentorship, uh, most people on average would be making $26,000 back as a direct benefit. 
by adding, you know, personal training or for whatever, right? How long before they see results? Usually it's about the third or fourth call. Um, that's when they're starting to implement a new revenue stream. Uh, that's where their retention system is really starting to get going. That's where we haven't even started marketing yet, but that's where you're starting to introduce new services. You know, personal training, probably the biggest ones. Sometimes it happens faster. Um, one guy that started our program last month, uh, but even made his second payment. So he made the first 1250 payment and then sold one package worth $6,600 before the second payment even came out. I mean, it, it's a net positive for everyone. All right, True North is great. So for me, like the, the mentorship, the biggest benefit that it gave me was clarity. Uh, I knew what to do that week to get started, like first steps to take. All right. Um, yeah, thanks, Joey. <laughs> it's really funny watching two brain clients jump up and, and actually try to encourage everybody to sign up. I will be recording this. Thanks a lot, guys. I love you all. I'll give you access to this later. And uh, that's it. Thanks again, everyone who participates in our gym checkup, in our surveys, in our social media, who uses our stuff and gets benefit and gives me feedback. Uh, it is my great joy in life to be of service to you.